You guys sound great. We want to welcome all those watching on our online audience, wherever you're at today. Uh, wherever we're at, we have people who watch from different nations. Some people just watch around the corner. So if you're ever in our area, we say stop in. We would love to meet you, to greet you, to see your smiling face. Come be a part of what God is doing. Today we're going to continue this series we've been doing called Renew. We believe it's the word of the year that God has given us for Destiny Church. We're praying that God will begin to renew certain things in our life. Today I want to talk to you about renew our unity. Renew our unity. Let me preference this message by saying that I love the unity we have at Destiny Church. We are blessed with great unity in both services and great leaders. But the reason why I share this is I don't want, this is what we call, we talk about it now before we need to talk about it, okay? We, we, we talk about things now that we don't have to address them later. So this is a great message that I believe is so important to the future and the present of Destiny Church. We're talking about how God renews our unity. You know, I was reading a story about the church of Jerusalem called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Now, this is the place that's considered the most holy place in the world. And the reason why they say that is because it's built around the spot of Jesus' resurrection, or at least where they think it happened, and this is where they've been for thousands of years been celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. So they built this temple there, and then, as you can imagine, all kinds of, of priests and denominations send their leaders to work and to serve there. And I was reading about a, a certain family. There's two families that are considered the key keepers to the front doors. And they have two families that have been serving this church for over a 1,000 years. One family's in charge of keeping the key safe. The other family's in charge of getting the key from them, unlocking the doors in the morning, and then returning the key to them, and then coming back, getting the key at night, and locking the doors at night, and returning the keys back to them. And both of these families had been arguing for years about who's the real key keeper. Who's the real doorkeeper of this holy church? And they wouldn't need these two families because really there's like all these priests that are living there in the compound around this place of so different denominations. But since the priests can't get along, these two families who happen to be Muslim of all things are having to keep the keys to the front door of the most, quote, holy place in the world because people can't get along. I was reading, it talked about these priests that are living there, and it says that one time that one of these priests actually went out and decided to sunbathe in a place that's kind of disputed as whether or not it's holy territory or not. And because he decided to sunbathe out there, that some of the other priests got mad, they went and got some iron rods and beat the guy with the iron rods because he was sunbathing in a holy place, they thought. And he attacked them with these iron rods. They're beating them. Ultimately, 11 priests had to be hospitalized because these priests decided to go UFC on each other inside the most holy place. Another time, I read a story that said the same place that one of the priests asked another priest to shut the door all the way. And he was like, why are you asking me? Why can't you get up and do it yourself? So the two priests started fighting 
And then it broke out into other priests taking sides and fighting. The cops had to be called down to the most holy place. And when the cops got there to break it up, all the priests turned around and started fighting the cops. Can you imagine this scene? They're the most holy place and all these priests are fighting the cops. How would you like to be these poor cops? I don't want to do it, but I'll take one of you priests out. I mean, what kind of headlines would that be? And then think about it. This has been going on for years. This is supposed to be the most holy place in the world for Christianity. But let's be honest today. Any group of people trying to work together for a long time, it can get messy, right? We know that to be true. It can just get messy when you're trying to work with a lot of different people. Churches over the last 2,000 years have found some pretty petty and dumb things to fight about. They found some pretty dumb things to divide about. They don't believe the way I believe. They don't dress the way I think they should dress. They support Disney, we don't support Disney. They read the New King James, we don't read the New King James. They play instruments in their church. We don't play instruments in our church. We do hymns. They don't do hymns. Their hair is long. Their hair is short. I've even heard stories of churches splitting over the color of carpet. Come on now. How petty you got to be to have a church divided over the color of carpet. Dumb. But can we all agree that petty division is not the way? Can we all agree that petty things are not worth fighting over? Can we all agree that we grieve the Holy Spirit when we fight and are not unified? Now, we're going to go back to John 17, where we've been for a few weeks, and we will finish it out this week and next week. We're looking at the last prayer that Jesus prayed right before his crucifixion. The Bible says that Jesus went to the garden, and he prayed, and he he prayed this prayer, The night before, he was crucified. So you would think that whatever Jesus had to say the night before his death and burial would be really, really, really important to him. It would be the thing he wanted us as the church to grasp and to hear and to apply to our life. So if Jesus pours his heart out into this prayer, I think it's only fitting that you and I Pull up a chair today. Really open up our heart and our ears. Let's hear the words that Jesus spoke. Let's pick it up in verse 20 of John chapter 17. Let's read 20 and 21 together. When we get to the bold yellow words, we say them out loud together. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's us. I pray that they will all be Come on, they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Jesus' last prayer, he says, I want my followers to be one. He says, I want my church to be one. I want my church to be unified. So how do we do this today? Jesus had a desire to unify 
the church. So how can we be the church that Jesus prayed about in this last prayer of his? I'm glad you asked that question. Write this down. Number one, we got to dial up the mission. We dial up the mission. Come on now. We're going to dial up the mission of Jesus. This is what unifies us. When we get unified about the mission of Jesus, the petty things don't matter. When we lift up Jesus, my eyes get off myself and I begin to get into the right spirit of blessing that God wants for me and for you. We have got to be about the mission of Jesus. That's what unites us. We lift Jesus up together. We worship him together. We share him together. We work for him together. This is what unites us together. If we make it about music or style, what happens? I've made it about me and not about him. As we get older, we got to guard our hearts, right? We got to guard our hearts. As we get older, as I, maybe I'm speaking to myself. As I get older, I got to make sure. I used to come in here and rock out. Now I'm not getting too loud. Turn off the lights. I can't see in here. What's going on with this church? We're making it about, listen, when I make it about me, I take my eyes off and see, oh, but you know what? The next generation's coming in and giving their life to Jesus. We're seeing generations come in and young people and young families come in getting saved, getting healed, getting delivered. I'm all about the mission. I don't, it's not about me. I've already had my time. I've already, listen, I'm here to support the mission of Jesus. And if we're lifting up Jesus together, I don't care what kind of music they do as long as it glorifies Jesus. You say, Pastor, do you have that problem? No, we don't have that problem. But let's make sure we keep it that way, right? Because some of you ain't as young as you used to be. You're like me. We're, we're climbing closer. We got to guard our heart. Is it about the mission? Is it about me or about the mission? It's about what I want or what God wants. See, we understand we got to keep the main thing the main thing. Let's stay united over the mission to know God and to make him known, right? That's our mission, to know God, to grow in God, to stay connected to God, and to make him known to our community, to make him known to the next generation, to make him known to the people who are looking for a hope. This is our mission. I love the story about the island of Nantucket, found outside, a little island found outside the, the island of Rhode Island, we have a little island called Nantucket. Now, this is not Nantucket Branson, okay? So some of you keep your thinking. I'm talking about outside of Rhode Island. There's a little coastal island out there. And there, many years ago, they started on this island, before they had the Coast Guard, they started the Life Saving Society. Matter of fact, they have a museum there now dedicated to them called the Life Saving Museum. In this life-saving society, what happened is they built all these life-saving huts up and down Nantucket coastline because about a mile out, there was a lot of rocks and it got kind of shallow. And so many times the waves would push a boat into the rocks and the boat would begin to sink. And so they formed this volunteer life-saving club to help save lives. And they would get in the huts, and when something happened, they would shoot up a flare. If it's at night or during the day, and people would know to run to their hut, people who are on call for that time, and go out 
and try to save people. Matter of fact, they had a slogan, and their slogan was this, you have to go out, no choice. If you sign up, you have to go out when you see the flare or you see someone who's drowning. You have to go out, but you don't have to come back. Talk about scary, right? I mean, that was their slogan. You have to go out, may not make it back. But people actually signed up to risk their lives because they believed in the cause of saving lives. And what happened over years was that as the Coast Guard was formed, then they began to work hand in hand with the Coast Guard. And together, they rescued many, many people and saved many lives because of them working together. And then as the Coast Guard expanded, they began to take less and less of a row to eventually they were not saving lives anymore. But something unique you find out is that the Life Saving Club is still meeting today. They still get together and they still meet. They have parties, they have dinners, they have fellowships, they have all kinds of fun things they do together. But what they don't do is save lives anymore. It was the original reason they formed. And can I tell you that the sad thing is that many churches look like this. That we got together for the purpose of winning souls and saving lives. And somewhere along the line, we began to look inward and we quit reaching out to save people. And we're more worried about our fellowship, our food. We become inbred and all of a sudden we're not producing any more babies because we're not reaching what we were formed to do. Listen, when you keep the mission, the main thing, the main thing, you realize it's a great place to come. It's a great place to be a part. But I got to rescue souls and get souls back into the kingdom. This is our mission together. It's what unites us together. It's what gives life into our vision is that we have a heart and a vision to reach people. I want you to understand this, that God wants us to reach people. And when we keep the main thing, the main thing, it unifies us. Can I say this to you today? I want you to keep your eyes on the mission. Who can you help save today? Who can you help save today? When you get your eyes on your comfort, when you get your eyes on your preference, when you get your eyes on what I want, I've taken my eyes off of Jesus and I've made church all about me. And you make church all about you. So as long as we come together and as long as I'm the pastor here, we will continue to lift up Jesus as the sole purpose of uniting us together. How many of you agree with that? Come on, are you going to unite around the purpose? We're going to reach those. See, when I fight for the mission and you fight for the mission, we fight for the mission of reaching souls. We won't fight each other, but instead we fight for souls. Look at this in John 17, 22 and 23 now, the rest of this prayer. I, I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be what? One, as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. The world is watching us. Church, 
The world is watching us. What are we doing? If we are not unified, we're not pointing people to Jesus. If they think I'm fighting with the other church in town, we're fighting with each other, what's going on? Church, we're called to point people to Jesus. Our unity affects the way the world will believe. The world is watching us. Let's be on mission together. Let's stay on mission together. Let's reach the lost together. Let's lift up Jesus together. Why? Because the world's watching. And when the world sees us unified, they say, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but there's something about that. When people can work together, when people can get along together, when people can accomplish vision together, that says to the world, something greater than us is uniting us. And when they come to check it out, they find out it's Jesus. Come on now. So how can we stay on mission together? Let me just give you four ways to help us take that step of staying on mission together. First of all, we want to attend the weekend. Come on now. You got to attend in person. As we talked about last week, we're learning to attend in person. Last week we prayed, God, renew our worship. Renew our worship in person. Renew that worship. Stats tell us right now today that the average churchgoer goes to church once in America, once every six weeks. That used to be less than half. It used to be once every two to three weeks. Now, after COVID, it's once every six weeks. Come on, church, we can do better than that. Come on now. Come on, online doesn't take the place of being here in person. Online doesn't give you a chance to serve. Online doesn't give you a chance to worship all together. Online doesn't give you a chance to pray one for another. Online doesn't give you a chance to greet each other. Online doesn't give you anything that you can do in person. we got to be here in person. It unites us together. Then I want you to invite a friend. I want you to invite a friend. I, I want you to invite a friend. I know. Looking around, I was thinking about it earlier. Looking around, we were jam-packed in the first service, almost jam-packed in this service. Can I tell you, on Easter, we're going to do three services this year. We're going to do a Good Friday and then three Easter services as well. Why? Because we want to fit people in. And I want you to invite people. So I want you to be ready. We're going to fill, how many believe we can fill up three services this Easter? You believe that? We can do it together. How do we do that? We do it together. See, when you bring somebody, you don't have to do it alone. You invite them, you bring them. There's people already stationed at the door to greet them with a welcome and a smile. There's people that help check their children and get them into classrooms. There's teachers there ready to teach God's word on a way they can understand and watch your children and to train your children up who are prepared for them to come and teach at their age level. We have people who are willing to serve coffee in the coffee shop and make sure they can stop in and get some coffee if they want that. We have people waiting to greet them when they sit down in their section and say, I'm glad you're here. We have people waiting to welcome them in and give them free gifts and let them know we're glad you're here. We have people waiting to serve. We have people waiting to lead them in worship who have been practicing all week, getting themselves ready to lead us into an awesome time of praise and worship. You have pastors who will lead you in the word of the Lord and teach them and prepare 
prepared. And together, we work together. So your job is to invite, bring them together. Because together, come on now, together we're on mission together. Together we're on mission together. I want you to begin to pray now. Who can I bring this Easter? Who can I invite this Easter? It's going to be an awesome, awesome Easter. I want you to be ready. Let's invite people. Take the next step. I want you to take a next step. If you haven't done it yet, just only attend, but get involved somewhere. Attend one of your small groups. Attend a prayer meeting. Attend a Bible study. Attend one of the specialized groups. Get involved. Serve somewhere. Find a place that you can serve. Get them, take the next step. Don't just come. Come on, get, get into it now. Take the next step. And then four, I want you to give generously. I love your heart to give. You guys do it. Why? Because together, we're going to provide 100,000 meals this year for starving children. Together, we're going to help plant a church in Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to come behind Pastor TJ and Courtney. We're going to help them provide and do what God's doing. Be a part of that great miracle. We're going to, we're going to help support churches, plant churches in ministry. Through your generosity, it allows us to do so much. We're going to build a new church. We're going to reach more and more people. We need you together, unified together. So if we want to dial up the mission, the number two, we got to dial down the drama. Oh, yeah. How many give me a big shout of amen? Come on now. We got to, I may offend this in drama queens this morning. It's all right. We got to dial down the drama. You have a choice everywhere you go. That choice is you can either turn up the drama or you can turn down the drama. We all have that ability. How do you operate? Are you, I can think of some people right now in my mind, they just love turning up the drama wherever they go. They just, why? Because they got issues they never dealt with in their life. I want you to be people who turns down the drama. If you hear something about this church, turn it down. If you hear something about another church, turn it down. If you hear something about another business, turn it down. If you hear something about another pastor, turn it down. If you hear something about another person, turn it down. Come on now. We're going to turn down the drama. We're going to be people who turn down the drama. Why? Because Jesus prayed in verse 24. Father, look what it says. Father, I want these whom you have given to me to be with me. Jesus wants us to be with him where he is. Now that has twofold meaning. Yes, he wants us to spend eternity in heaven with him now. But he also wants us to be unified together now. He wants us to walk with him now. How we walk with Jesus, when we walk unified, we are showing we belong to Jesus Christ. When we walk unified with brothers and sisters, it points the world that we belong to Jesus. That's not my words. That's the words we just read. He says, I want them to know we are one. That the world will see that I love them and you love them just as you love me. That the world will see that they are with me. They belong to me. We turn down the drama. Jesus wants us unified and he wants us with him now and later. Studies have shown that certain people, a lot of people, can be addicted to drama. 
Now, don't look at your spouse. <laughs> if you laugh out loud, that means I don't, we don't, never mind, we won't say that. Certain people can be addicted to drama. We've all seen them, and there may even be people here who have that same issue. But listen, when trauma happens in people's lives, drama becomes a coping mechanism because you don't want to deal with the trauma or the pain. And so the more drama that goes around it, the easier it is to cope with the hurt and the pain. May I challenge you today that if you're a drama queen or a drama king, I know some of them, always turning up the drama, could it be that maybe you have some issues in your life you have yet to deal with? And the only way you cope with those issues is always starting drama because your reality is one of pain from your past. But I want you to know today that Jesus didn't die on the cross for you to walk traumatized. He didn't die on the cross for you to walk a slave to your past, but he came to set you free. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. He wants to heal the broken parts of your life. He wants to heal your broken heart. He wants to heal the traumatic things that have happened in your past. And when you give it to Jesus, he will heal your heart. When you pray about it, he will heal your heart. When you confess it to the Lord, Lord, he will heal you. Today, you've got to let him heal you. See, if you don't deal with your pain today, then we'll deal with your drama tomorrow. All right. I'll quit picking on the drama queens today. But seriously, so how do we, how do we dial down the drama, Pastor? How do we, how do, we do that? Uh, let me just give you three things that will help you walk in the spirit of dialing down the drama. Uh, I want you, first of all, I want you to believe the best. Learn to believe the best in others. One thing I love about Destiny Church is we have people that come in from all walks of life. Listen, this church is full of people who've blown it in their life. And I love that. Can I tell you, I, I care about your story and I care about where you've been, but I'm more concerned about where you're going than where you've been. And if you think somebody's worried about where you've been, you don't have to be ashamed of your past. You don't have to be ashamed of mistakes you've made. I'm here to tell you, we're excited you are here and we want to encourage you to go on. We're believing the best. We're going to speak the best over you. We're going to believe the best is yet to come in your life. We're going to believe that God is going to heal you, restore you, and that your best days are still in front of you. Come on now, do you believe that? We're going to believe, we're automatically going to believe the best in others. Will we get burned sometimes? Yeah, we will. But I can tell you a lot more times, us believing in each other and believing in people who's blown it, it's going to help them elevate to a new level. It's going to help them get past the trauma and drama in their life and see a new vision for their life. I want you to watch your words now. Come on now. If you're going to dial down the drama, you got to make sure my mouth is in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Ah, I know, I know. Come on, this is the easy one to hear, right? Watch your words. What's spoken and what's typed. What's spoken and what's posted online. Watch your words. You know everybody sees that one group you get into and you make posts, you think nobody's, nobody sees what you're writing? We all see. We can all see you're a bigot. We can all see you're a racist. We can all see you got unforgiveness. Come on now, we see it. Be careful what you do. 
Be careful what you do. God has called you to live your life at a higher level than what you used to. God wants to pull that out of you. God wants to pull that out of you. He wants to pull that sin out of you. He wants to pull that hatred out of you. He wants to pull that person you used to be and to change your life. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you type. Come on now. Watch your words. Pastor, why do I have to do that? Well, it's not me. It's just what the Bible says. James 4:11. take it up with God. Don't speak evil against each other. Dear brothers and sisters, if you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. See, that takes the pressure off you and me. God alone will judge. He alone has the power to save or destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? We don't have the right. When I've received the grace of God, when I deserve judgment and he gave me grace and redemption, when I didn't deserve it, he died for me and he died for you. I have no right to judge others. I'm here to speak life over them. I'm here to lift up Jesus to them. I'm here to encourage them. I'm here to believe God is going to do something great in their life. I'm here to love them. That's what I'm called to do. It's called the mission of Christ. It's what we're called to do. So we're going to watch our words. And then number three, we're going to set strong boundaries. Okay. If you're going to dial down the drama, you got to set some strong boundaries in your life. Listen, be a person who doesn't let people gossip in your, in your circle. And people come to you with an ear of gossip, don't be like, oh, really? Tell me more. Oh, girl. No, no. I want you to set boundaries. See, people know when they come to me with gossip that I'm going to say this. Hey, why don't we start to stop right now and just pray for them? Matter of fact, once you lead out in prayer, and I'll agree with you, they're like, uh, 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 I didn't know it to pray out loud about this, you know. Or even better, if that person's in the building around, I'm like, hey, let's go get them, and we can talk to them about this, and we can pray about it with them. That solves a lot of things. And pretty soon, people don't come to me with the drama, and they don't come to me with the gossip, because they know Pastor Gene's going to call them out and make them pray about it right there. See, when you set boundaries, things start happening. Drama gets turned down. You put a stop to it. Let's pray now. Set boundaries. I'm going to be an encourager. That's who I am. When other people are speaking bad about the person at work, I'm going to look for the good in them. When other people are speaking bad, I'm going to speak encouragement. When other people are downing the boss, I'm going to praise God, at least I got a job. I'm going to do our best to speak encouragement wherever I am. I have strong boundaries. That's how I turn down the drama. Let's remember this. In the essentials, we have unity. What does that mean? That means the essentials, what we believe. We believe that Jesus Christ is God's only begotten son, born of the Virgin Mary, who raised all this life to do three years of great ministry to teach us the way. He was crucified for the sins of the world. He was put in the grave, and on the third day, he was resurrected, now living at the right hand of the Father. These are called our essentials. I keep my eyes on these. In that, there is unity. We can all agree on those things right here. We all agree upon those things. If we can't agree upon that, you can't come into unity. We must all agree on that. 
Now, your opinions, there is liberty. You can have your opinion. Listen, if you believe that, you, that we're going to be raptured before the start of the tribulation, great. If you believe we're going to be raptured in the middle of the tribulation, great. If you believe we're going to be raptured at the end of the tribulation, I won't be here, but great. <laughs> I really care. I really could care less. Really, I don't. Can we agree that Jesus is prepared a place for you and I? Can we agree that our Father has gone away to prepare a mansion? If it was not so, I wouldn't have told you what Jesus said. Can we agree that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Can we agree that there's only one way, only one way to get to heaven? And narrow is that gate, and it's through the name of Jesus. Come on now. That's what we agree upon. But if you have different opinions about interpretation, that's fine. You don't have to agree with everything I preach. It's okay. I'm not going to be offended. And I won't agree with everything you believe. It's okay. But together in the essentials, there is unity. Our opinion, in our opinions, there's liberty. But in all things, there is love. And when our opinions don't match up, it's okay. I'm going to love you anyway, and you're going to love me. And we're going to love those who don't agree with us. Why? Because we're pointing them to Jesus. Come on. Someone say it's a good thing. All right. Amen. At Destiny Church, listen to me now. At Destiny Church, we will be a church that welcomes people of all races. Destiny Church is a church that we have people who are white, we have people who are black. We got Mexicans, we got Asians, we got all kinds of people in here. And we need them, we need each other. This church is full of multiracial people, and that's the way I like it. Listen, if we're going to worship together, we can serve together, we can give together, we can cry together, we can pray together, we can love together. Why? Because this will affect our community. Far too long, Sunday becomes the most segregated time in America still. But how many know at Destiny Church, we're going to be a church that is multiracial so that we can reach a lot of people. Yeah. And we're going to show, we're going to model to our community how we are to get along. We're going to show and model how Jesus unites us. We're going to show and model how the Word of God brings us together. Come on now. We're going to be a church. Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't always like people of different races. Well, you're going to hate heaven? How about we learn to get along now? If we're going to spend eternity together, how about we learn to get along now so that we can point people to Jesus now? See, the church is better when we are multiracial, multigenerational, and multicultural. We need young and we need old. Come on now. Look at this last statement I give you. Other churches are not our enemy. Our enemy is the gates of hell. Come on now. Too many people I know see the other churches as our enemy. Listen, they're not our enemy. I know you may have gotten hurt there, but they're not our enemy. Come on now. They're not our enemy. You know, my wife will tell you this. For many years, when I passed a church in this town or on the highway in another town, oftentimes I will say, God, I call that name out. God bless that church and bless that pastor. But sometimes I do that and I'm like, you know what? I remember when they called up some of my leaders when trying to pull them out of our church, going behind my back. And I, I can get really mad, think about it. But instead of 
saying, God, curse them. I say, God, bless them. Why? Because ultimately we're on the same team. And if I will treat them the way God wants me to treat them, God will take care of me in the long run and he'll deal with them later, right? That's what happens. So I want you to be that same way. Listen, we're not in competition with no other church in town. We're not in competition. We are all on the same team. When they succeed, we all succeed. When they win, we all win. When they cry, we all cry. Come on now. We are all on the same team. Jesus is bigger than our differences. We will love together. We will forgive together. We will speak life over other churches, all for his glory. May I say we're all equal at the foot of the cross. When we call, we come all and we kneel before the Lord, we're, we all become equal all of a sudden. No one's elevated but Jesus. No one's elevated but the Father. See, at Destiny Church, I want you to know this. We want the well-known. And we want the overlooked. We want the extroverts. And we want the introverts. We want the wealthy and the poor. We want the bold and the timid. We want the young and the old. Come on now. We want the Chiefs fans and the Eagles fans and the Cowboys fans all to get along. I love you even if you cheer for the wrong team. I'll still love you. We're a church that is going to keep the mission dialed up. We're a church that's going to keep reaching people our main thing. How many say, Pastor, I'm with you on this? How many agree with you? You remember that? Amen. Come here, shout amen. As you bow your heads today, let me just ask you a simple question before we end. If you're here today, say, Pastor, I need to be part of this mission. I need to give my life to Jesus. I've never done that before. Well, today is a great day for you to surrender your life fully to Jesus, that you believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, God's only begotten Son, that he gave his life for your sins and my sins. All the sins of the world he took to the cross and he knelt there. When I put my belief that he died on the cross for the sin, my sins and the sins of the world, that he was buried and resurrected on the third day, the Bible says, when I put my faith in him, that my life is radically changed. That I enter into a relationship with the Father. And today, if you've never done that, today I want to give you a chance to do that. Nobody's looking but me, and we won't single you out. We won't embarrass you, I promise you. But if you're here today and say, I'm ready to surrender my life fully to Jesus and make him Lord of my life, can you just lift your hand where I can see it? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else today want to join them? Thank you. Anybody else today? You say, I'm ready to surrender my life. Come on, raise it right now. That's you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. If you raise your hand right now, repeat after me as Christians around you. We'll help you along as well. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we say, welcome to the family. God, come on now, give it up to them. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, stop by our hub in the back. We have a free Bible, some other information we want to place in your hand. But as you stand up across the room today, how many say, Pastor, I'm with you. 
I'm praying, God unifies us. How many say, Pastor, I'm going to walk in unity. I'm going to walk in unity. Anybody say, I'm with you. Yeah, there you go. Keep your hands raised right now. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. You're raising up a church who is unified on the mission of Jesus. God, help us to raise up the mission of Jesus right now. God, right now, we're letting go of petty differences, and we're going to walk in unity, be a church of blessing others, blessing other churches in Jesus' name. Come on.